Right, guys. So welcome to the Homeschool Project podcast. I am Anita, one of your hosts, and I am continuing on with our curriculum picks for this year, 2021 to 2022. Uh, I already did part one and released that last week. So if you missed that one, make sure to take a listen to it. It really doesn't matter what order you listen in, but it is like the first half of, of our picks. And now I will be doing the second half of our picks. I just want to remind everybody again that when I share all of these resources and curriculum, whatever you want to call it, everybody has a different name. Some people feel threatened when you say curriculum, if, if they're not one that likes to, to say that they follow curriculum. To me, curriculum is curriculum. Like if, if I'm ordering a, a math workbook from a company that is curriculum, or if I'm ordering, I don't know, a book, even if it's a living book for our history, I still consider that curriculum. So when I share the things that we're using, what I think and plan on using the school year, it may not necessarily mean that we are using all of it or that we will use all of it. You just don't know how your year is going to unfold. Life happens things happen, whether it's good or bad. So things happen, like there could be a life altering event that occurs that kind of throws everybody off. And you kind of have to focus on what's more important in that moment of life, or it could be something good, like just as simple as my kid, we started one book and let's say it involved rabbits and he got super interested in rabbits. I'm going to try not to stop that rabbit hole, no pun intended, but where we're going to dive deep into that if that's what they want. And if that happens, then obviously I'm going to let go of some of the stuff that I may have planned for that week and be okay with it because in the end, they're still learning and they're going to be learning better than probably what you had planned because of that passion that that's pushing that love to learn that topic, that subject, whatever it is. So please keep that in mind. A lot of times I do start my years off with a lot of resources. And then as we start to go through our weeks and months, if I feel that it is too heavy and that we're going past the time that any of us can handle it, I'm letting go of it. I'm, I'm not bound to this. That is the one thing I'm learning that I think is important. Um, again, tying back to knowing your why we have had episodes on that. Um, my getting started checklist. That's one of the, the steps is like knowing your why. And it's right at the beginning, because if you know your why you should try to stick to that. And that is one thing I've learned you know, the first year was a big, um, sorry, as I'm looking outside, my kids are running around in bathing suits. Didn't know that, but that is like the first year is a big trial year. Right. And so a lot of us start our years very organized and very tied to a curriculum because they, you need that support in order to help you begin to like de-school. That's the way I felt like I needed to start off more structured. And if you think about the concept of de-schooling, sometimes you think, oh gosh, we're supposed to just let go of everything. No, it's more like I took the summer and we just enjoyed life and we talked about school and, and what it was going to look like now because our daughter had been in the brick and mortar. And that to me was like our first step in de-schooling. And then it's just been a progression since, but 
that first year for me, I needed to have more structure in order to learn how to let go and to relearn what education is. So it's okay if you're in your first year and you're like, I need this. I know that you're saying, you know, go with what your family wants and go with that interest-led learning, but I need this. That's okay. Many unschoolers start like that too. They'll tell you their first year or two, they started like that and they realized it wasn't working and then went from there. So it's okay if that's what you need to do to get you started. Okay. But my first advice, and I did a post on this last week, is to start simple if you can. Start simple. Start with just those core subjects that everybody talks about, the three R's, arithmetic, math, reading, and writing. Those three are like your your core subjects. So if you want to start with those three, with lots of read-alouds, wonderful living books and fun read-alouds that your family enjoy... That's a good foundation. I mean, that's really what you just could feel comfortable starting with, I think. And it's simple. And then once you get into find that rhythm of your family, because you're going to find it after a few weeks, you're going to see how the flow works, what flow works well with your family. Once you figure that out, then you can decide if you want to start to add a few things here or there, or you might say, no, we need to get even more simple because I'm stressing out or one of my kids is a little overwhelmed and do that. But you got, you have to start somewhere. So keep that in mind when I show you the second half, I don't want it to overwhelm you because again, I have all these resources and I plan for them, air quotes, but it doesn't mean I, I may not get to all of them or we may go down rabbit holes and I will drop them and that's okay with me. And also it doesn't mean that every week we'll utilize the book that I'm going to show you. No, it's just at some point I would like to incorporate it into this area that we're learning that I think would fit well. So a few announcements. First, we just released our ultimate family camping planner and so excited. Nathan worked so hard on that. I'm going to give him most of the credit there. I helped with some of the um, ideas to make sure we didn't leave certain things out and, and maybe finding some artwork to go in there. But he did like the legwork and it, I think it turned out great. It's, it's free everybody. Okay. And I'm telling you, we created this with all the things that we go through when we go camping and we've been camping since the beginning. I mean, since Nathan and I were dating in college, I mean, we've been campers for a very long time. And then we've been camping with our kids for probably going on over six years now. We've been doing this for a while. I mean, and our kids were infants. They were toddlers. We've been through all the stages and we're camping with a family of five and a dog. And at one point it was a family of five and two dogs. So we know the things that you will run into. And so we've tried to think of all the, all the things that you, you may want to consider when you're going to go plan your family camping trip. And we hope that this will help reduce the overwhelm and help bring a little bit of organization and encourage you to do it more with your family. So it is on our website now, right there on the homepage. You just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a section that we're going to, that we titled free downloads. And we're just going to start adding more stuff in there. I guess we just, we're here to help encourage everybody and love stuff, love learning, love outdoors, all of it. The other thing, just a reminder, our getting started packet, it's been up. We've had, we've been trying to push that for all of our new homeschoolers. So now it's on our website as well. So it's just even easier to access. And both these things also are on our Instagram profile. What some people use like Linktree, they call it other things. We use Linktree right now. 
but that's where you'll find it. If you go to our Instagram profile and look for the one little website that's there, if you click that, we have access to both of these packets on there. So you just have to print it. That's it. Download and print. Okay. So let's move on to the part two of curriculum. Picking up from last week, we are going to go into, okay, so what did I choose? We like to, so since we follow, (laughs) I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. Since we follow more of that Charlotte Mason inspired approach, we like to hit U.S. history and ancient history. It's worked well. I I like it. My kids end up liking it. And so uh, unless we start to get bogged down with the schedule, which I don't want, like I said, then I would take something out. But um, that's how we're doing it now. So for U.S. history, we have been doing this country of ours. Usually we like to use living books. Um, I'm not very familiar with a ton of them. And that's just because I just need to spend more time researching. So a lot of times I go to Matter Amoebless and see what they recommend on their book list. We were doing this country of ours. It was okay. I was kind of bored. My kids were kind of bored, which is not typical of a living book. I think it's just too wordy. And so this year I said, forget it. We had one more year to complete the book and I I just couldn't do it. So we're going to try to pick up. I tried to find a resource that would pick us off on our national history where we left off, which was right about um, after the Revolutionary War, when America gained their independence. So I'm looking at a, a curriculum that would help us go from that point through the Civil War. So I found Discovering History series. It's by Queen Homeschool Supplies. I actually found their booth at the homeschool convention I went to. I did uh, do an episode on my experience with that because it was the first one I've ever been to just a couple weeks ago. So you can take a listen to that episode if you'd like to know more about it. I saw one of their Discovering History series books and and it said for their sweet land of liberty that it was American history from 1776 through World War One, And I'm like, okay, that's great. That's what I want. I want to at least get to the Civil War and everything. So this is what we're going to try. It is Charlotte Mason inspired curriculum. So it's right up our alley. Basically, I'm going to just read real quick how she says she's set up her series. So on Mondays, the child uh, learns new vocabulary. I may or may not do that. I'm not one that's huge on like spelling and vocab and all that. But because I'm not huge on it, I thought, well, this is a good way to, for us to try it and see if it helps at all. But it's it's not a big deal. All right. Then on Tuesdays, you actually read the chapter for the week, which is going to be more in a living book type form. And then the rest of the week, you just spend digging more deeply into that time period from the chapter read aloud that you did. And it's going to be through like lessons in researching and writing and building a timeline, or some of you may be familiar with the term of book of centuries. That's kind of what you're building. And that is a book of centuries is pretty much just like one big timeline for a period of time where you just document, as you learn something in history, you go and you document that wherever it falls on your timeline and you write a little blurb like this happened on this day. And then typically you either draw or like cut out a little photo that correlates to that time period. So then the kids will start to realize, oh, this is where this falls in this history. Oh man, this event happened right after this event. And you can like now visually see history. We have never done it. And that's something I am wanting to try this year. Again, wanting to, because I'm going to keep it real and I'm not going to set myself up for failure. And it's just on my list of what I would hope to do, but I'm not tied to it. 
she does give you like a blank book of centuries almost. We're going to copy this line over and over again and then put it into a binder. And then that will be like your, your timeline or book of centuries. All right. So that is U.S. history. And along with that, this year, I wanted to incorporate even more living books or fun books. So it's going to really slow us down. We, we probably won't finish that curriculum this year, which I'm totally okay with. All right. So we haven't even started this yet. And we, we started up our lessons again last week from our summer break. And I didn't jump into the Sweet Land of Liberty curriculum yet because I wanted to read this cute book that I found at the library and it's called writing the constitution. And this is all about the period of time when they were writing, like sitting down and creating our constitution, which is right where we left off before summer. So we're reading this fun book to kind of refresh their memories of how we came about to that important period of our, of our nation. And then we'll jump into that curriculum And then as we get into like the civil war period, we're going to, we have this book called the last safe house and it's a story of the underground railroad. And then welcome to Addie's world, 1864 growing up during America's civil war. Another, so these are like great living books, examples of living books where the kids can relate a little bit more with um, stories that are told during that time period. Okay. Moving on to ancient history. So ancient history this year, we're focusing on ancient Rome. So we are following our suggestion from Matter Amoebles, and we're going to read Famous Men of Rome. It's an ebook for free on our in our library system. And then a suggested book to go along with it, which looked really neat. And I'm waiting for the library to, to get it because I ordered it through the library. They didn't have it at our branch. So I have requested it. And it's called Rome and Romans. And it's by the um, Osborne Time Traveler. And yeah, and then like I said, the, the book of centuries. And then we're always looking at maps and history too, when things are occurring around the world and in our nation so that they can actually see where it's happening as well. I think that's really important. And then geography. So we do geography and we always focus like on people and places, which is typically going to be people and places around the world, not like local. And then the other part of our geography is when we focus on American geography because of where we live. So for people and places, I'm going to start off with a Puerto Rico unit study because we are going to Puerto Rico in about a month and a half. And so this is perfect to start our lessons with, not only because of our trip, but most importantly, we've been wanting to do this. It's, it's been a long time coming because I am Puerto Rican and I think it's important that our kids know where they come from. The other part of their blood is Sicilian. So that'll probably be next after Puerto Rico. But um, this, I was kind of like just running with it. Like I just thought, okay, think like unit study. And so I was looking up different books, reaching out to different people. One person has suggested Little World Wanderers. Um, She's on Instagram. She has a website. Uh, She does uh, mini unit studies for different places around the world. And she happened to have Puerto Rico. She has it so beautifully done in bright colors. Like it should be in the Caribbean, right? (laughs) Anyway, she just, this is great. I mean, she has like the beginning introduction of Puerto Rico, um, some historical places. She has a map 
a blank map, which is what I wanted. And so it's already in there. This is free, by the way. So each of my kids gets a map. And as we learn about different places on the island, they can document on the map. And they also colored it the first day when I was doing a read aloud. Uh, different Spanish phrases and colors, fun, fast facts about Puerto Rico, books to read, which is what I really wanted. I've already ordered quite a few from the library. Um, anyways, it goes on. I'm not going to bore you. And she even does like the coqui is a very, um, it's, it's a native frog to the Island. It's beautiful. The sound that it makes. And I'm always trying to describe it to my kids. Well, she on her coqui page, after you like read and learn about it and the legend about it, she actually has the code there that you can, um, scan with your phone. And then it goes directly to YouTube and then they can listen to the sound of the cookie. And she does that in a couple other places in her packet. It's great. This will probably be the backbone of our unit study. And then I'm just get, like I said, getting a ton of books. We're listening to music. Some of the books I got here, we have Puerto Rico from Sea to Shining Sea from Scholastic. And I got another Puerto Rico, uh, America the Beautiful. It's also scholastic, but it has um, different facts in it, different photos. I found this Latinas celebrating 40 big dreamers. So it's not just Puerto Rico, but they are Latin American women who did some wonderful things and were great leaders in our history. And so I grabbed that and we've been uh, picking through that through the week. And then we got cookbooks. All right. So we have the Latin table. I do have, I already own a Puerto Rico cookbook. And so we're going through the different ones and just finding recipes. And the goal is once a week to cook something Puerto Rican or Latin American. And then we also got just because part of geography in general, this book that was recommended by Tiffany at Hinter Life Homeschool. It's called Cooking Class Global Feast. And this is, these are recipes from all around the world, but it's super cute. And they give you little facts about the, the different countries and the flags and a few words and stuff like that. So I got that one too, for just a mix up of things. Cause like I said, this year, we're going to try to incorporate more international cooking into our family life. And the goal, goal, keyword once a week. So like on Thursdays, we're going to try to pick a recipe from one of these international books. And then that way over the weekend, when I do my grocery shopping, I can get what we need from that recipe. And then on Tuesdays, I believe is my day. I don't have my planner in front of me. We actually cook that meal for dinner that night. And then my kid, we're going to try to maybe even like find out an interesting fact about either an ingredient in that recipe or something about that actual recipe itself. Maybe it, what is the significance? Maybe there's a reason why this is so popular in that country. So the stuff like that, I'm going to, we're just going to try to dive a little bit deeper as far as like the foods go, because there's so much to learn with cooking. Okay. Then science, science, I consider, um, nature study and everything else. Right. So we always bring this, we had this last year too. We always bring the nature anatomy book by Julia Rothman. And it's just a great little book uh, for everything. Nature really, it hits so many different parts our daughter busted this out uh, just two weeks ago when we were hiking to try to look up a fern on the trail. 
So, I mean, that's what I mean. It just encourages more inspiration and to dive deeper and in a fun way. The illustrations are beautiful. They're they're very child-friendly and it's easy to look up for them. So we bring this every time we go on the trail. Our kids bring nature journals, which are just blank journals. And uh, they bring pencils and colored pencils. Maybe one of these times we'll actually bring like watercolor paints, but we try to keep it real. If we're out on the trails, I doubt we're going to be busting out paint and then anything else that they feel like, whether it's like binoculars or if they think they're going to explore maybe something to put things in to collect that they want to take home, th- that kind of stuff. Um, and they each carry their own backpack with their gear, their water bottle and their snacks. And I always have my hiking backpack ready to go. It's in the vehicle and I just grab it and stuff it with like the snacks and the, and the water, but everything else is already in that backpack. So it's ready to go all the time for any day. We want to go on an adventure. I have my essentials in there. And maybe one of these days I'll go over the things that I put in my hiking backpack. So that's, we do once a week for sure. I mean, we are, we go outside every single day, but if I'm going to try to like maybe be more intentional about like the nature journal part, at least that's going to be once a week. And then of course, We definitely go hiking and all that on the weekends too when Nathan's off work. So the other thing for science this year that we're going to do, we're trying out Apologia. They have a young explorer series. So, which is great for my kids ages. I did um, the creator. I went and listened to her Jeannie Fulbright. I went and listened to her at the convention. I loved what she had to say. She is huge on notebooking. If you're not familiar with that, look that up because I don't want to drag out this whole episode, but basically it's just like notebooking is a way to encourage and inspire creativity and what the child is learning instead of it being dry. And it's, it's another thing that's very like Charlotte Masony and Waldorfy and all that. So she incorporates that into her curriculum because that's how she did schooling with her kids growing up. And she says they, they just retained so much information through notebooking because it was so enjoyable and the kids don't realize all of the information that they're retaining and remembering through this process, this enjoyable process. So I wanted to give this a try. I bought botany. Okay. Um, that's one of the units. I bought the botany series because nature, I love it. The, The book is beautiful. You get this I hate to, it's not a text. I don't like to say textbook because this is more rich and more living than a textbook, but you get the main lesson book and then you have, you can order the, what they call the notebooking journal. And this is where she essentially guides you through the main lesson book. If you want guidance, you don't have to. But if you're like me and you just want somebody to help you like figure out like what's a good pace to go through it, it's in the notebooking journal, as well as this gives you all the activities to do with the kids, the fun activities. So for instance, let's say week one. Okay. So each lesson, she says, typically she would suggest take like about two weeks to go over one lesson. I might take longer than two weeks. I'm going to be honest because I don't want it to feel heavy again. So if I feel like the readings are too much or the activities are taking longer because they're enjoying them, we're going to prolong this book. It's just inevitable. But the suggestion is to take one lesson and do it over two weeks. And that's doing science two days a week. Okay. So like week one, lesson one, 
would be that you read these pages and then you're going to narrate what you learned, which is what we already do, which is why I got this because it's Charlotte Mason inspired narration. Again, telling back what you heard and learned. Then um, you wish it says, have the child begin coloring the page. If they, there's a coloring page in here. So I'm going to have the child color that while I'm reading the read aloud. So they can be doing something right then there to add a sentence or drawing a drawing to the fascinating facts about botany. And that's a page in this notebook. It's a beautiful page and they will, the older kid will add a sentence and the younger kids will do a drawing to add to the fascinating facts about botany. So something that they heard that they found really interesting They can draw it or just write a simple sentence about it. And then the next activity that's suggested for that day is to begin a botany mini book. So whether or not, and again, none of these you have to do. They're just, it's just wonderful to have somebody already give all these ideas on activities to do. And you don't have to think sometimes because that's what I need in my stage of life right now. So whether or not we do all of them, that's not the point. I want to have options and then we can pick and choose what we want to do. And then like the next day of that same week, again, you would read a couple pages, like two pages. They would narrate what they learned, do the next activity, think like a scientist. And you're not, there's an activity about thinking like a scientist, like observing and, and writing down your observations and, and your hypothesis. And then the next would be to make a nature journal or hello, we do this already. I mean, these are the things that we love and it's just in this book and then narrate what you learned after you read another two pages. And then journal about nature in your nature journal. So that's one week example, but she, I mean, the book is beautiful and it just is so inviting to the child. My daughter saw it on the table at the convention. She's like, I want this one. So that is what we're going to do for science. And because she will be doing science on Fridays at co-op, we will probably only do science one day a week at home. So then for her, she would be getting it twice a week, but like the rest of us, we'll just do it one day a week. And then finally, one thing that we're trying out this year is committing a time of the week to focus on our entrepreneurial skills. And that's going to be catered more to our oldest. And we're just going to leave it open for the seven-year-old, whether or not he wants to have that time to also sit and, and get creative will be up to him. Our daughter is super excited about this. So this is going to be a time where we're only going to do it one. I mean, we can do it more than one day a week, but the intentional part is for me to aim to implement this one day a week or one time a week. So I think it's going to fall on Thursday afternoon. I just have her sit down and like, think about things that she may want to start a business with or some sort of project she wants to take on um, that she has an idea of that can lead to maybe a future business. And that's it. So it's, it's kind of like her, um, her time to just do some brain dumping is what I call it, you know, going through and, and writing out ideas. And then one that, and then once she figures out something that she'd really be interested in, dive down that hole and then try that activity out and see where it goes. And then we're just one day a week, we're committing to that, that project that she wants to give a try at. I'm not saying we're doing a lemonade stand, but this is just an example because she does have an idea and we'll share if she actually pursues it where it's in the works right now, but just one random idea would be the, the cliche of like starting a lemonade stand. I'm not knocking that because many kids 
who have started a lemonade stands like in their neighborhood or on the street, it has led to other wonderful entrepreneurial skills and activities. And then they, they just start, it, it helps build that confidence to, to start something and to try something and to be okay with failing, but all the things that you're learning in the meantime. So that's really important to Nathan and I, and we, we do honestly feel that that's like the future is being able to think like an entrepreneur. So we want our kids to start practicing that now. And that is somebody that we will like to have on as a guest um, in the near future. So stay tuned for that as well. But that's just another thing that we made sure that we were going to be intentional this year is having a time in the week that we commit to that and that it's fun. This is all about fun. And she also likes it too, because she gets to get on the computer and research things. I'm excited. So if once we get to some good project, I'll make sure to share and, and, um, see if we can inspire others to do the same. So I think that that's it. Like that's pretty much what we are planning for this school year. If you have any questions, if you need guidance with anything, please do not hesitate to email us again, check out our getting started uh, checklist. I am also working on, I forgot to say this. I just finished up creating a curriculum research planning template. That sounds like a mouthful. I didn't know what a style is, if I'm going to be honest. But it's basically like I realized that when I'm researching different resources that I want to use for the, the school year, I was writing it down in my notebook and it was just getting messy because it was like a brain dumping fest where it just right, right, right. But then the things weren't like if I, maybe I researched like four different things for geography that I was really interested in. Well, I couldn't find them because they were mixed in with all these other things. Cause I was just like writing things down as they came up, but there was no organization to it. So when I finally sat down to say, okay, these are the ones I want to pick out. It was all over the place. So this year I organized it in such a way that I wanted to share it with others. And that's also going to be another free template. So we will be releasing that in the next day or so, or maybe by the time this episode is released, it'll already be on our website. So just take a look for that. Keep an eye out again, curriculum research planning template. So when you are in that research stage of figuring out what resources you want to use for your children, This is that template that helps you kind of organize it a little bit so you can find your thoughts and find, oh, where was that thing I wanted to try? Or where was that game we wanted to try for math? It's going to be more organized and hopefully make it easier for you. So yeah, and once I release that, I'll probably do a quick video on that as well to explain it. Anyways, that's it. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and off to a wonderful start. If you are starting your school year, And again, we are here for you if you need us. Bye.